If your job is on life support, you need the job doctor. My brain is a walking database of thousands of case studies on how careers rise and fall. I'll help you diagnose what's really going on. It's the guidance you need to get back on track from someone who's been there. You can make the money you always wanted to make, doing the type of work you have always wanted to do. You may just need a little help from the job doctor. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of The Job Doctor. The doctor is in today, and our first caller today is Caitlin. Caitlin, welcome to the show. Hi, thanks for having me. So happy to have you. Uh, Caitlin, tell us just a little bit about you before we go into some of your questions. Tell us what kind of job do you have and what industry do you work in? Yeah, so I'm in the financial industry um, for a Fortune 500 company. I basically handle project management in a nutshell. And it's a whole new world. It's corporate. I do not have a corporate background. So I transitioned over to that world. And it's it's totally different. And it's a little intimidating, to be honest. So um, how long have you been now in this corporate world? Uh, six months. Six months. And okay. So you still are getting used to it. What were you doing before? this job? Um, I worked in education. Um, I wasn't a teacher, but I worked in in education and it's, it's just like different politics, but there's still the politics. Yes. Yeah. You bet. You can run from company to company, industry to industry and politics will always find you. So uh, tell me what's uh, one of the questions that you have for us today? Well, probably my main one is that I just found out like, like after COVID or pre-COVID that the role that I took on is actually three jobs in one. So I guess a lot of companies have gone through reorgs mm-hmm. during COVID and they've cut a lot of jobs and just, you know, consolidated them. And being so new, I'm just not finding this out. And by knowing that it kind of makes sense with the amount of pressure mm-hmm. I'm under with them and obviously with myself. Um, and I just really want to know like how to better prioritize that and not get taken advantage of as a new person, but also be able to do three jobs in one. Oh, those are some really good questions. And it's so common that jobs are being consolidated. And a lot of people I'm hearing from are saying, I just found out, you know, I'm, I'm no wonder I'm going crazy. I'm doing the job of three or four people. So I think the first thing you got to do is manage your manager. And that sounds funny, but helping your manager to prioritize is pretty darn important for your sanity. Mm-hmm. And, right. uh, you know, I have been known to be a micromanager as much as I tell people not to be. And I had one of my staff come to me once and he was saying, not only, you, you know, are you micromanaging, but you're giving me too much. And he taught me a really important way to manage other people because he managed me with it. He said, here's the priorities you've given me. Here's priority one, two, and three. This is how I've prioritized based on what I know. I want you to see them because I would like to make sure that you also agree with the prioritization. I will not be able to get all of these things done. You've given me more than a full day can fit in. But let's at least agree to the alignment and the prioritization and decide if something has to drop, what that would be. And at first, my response was, well, we have to do it all. And he said, I'm sorry, we can't actually fit it all in. And in fact, if I try to do it all for you, everything's going to be done a little bit crappy. Like, well, I don't want that. He said, if you really want to do these top priorities well, 
that makes you look good in the organization, then I've got to have time to do those proper justice. And so every time he gave me, or every time I gave him a new assignment, he would bring up the prioritization, say, well, this is, looks like where it should fit in. This should drop down. He managed me. Tell me uh-huh. if that is something that you think you could do with your boss. I, I think I could. I'm in a really weird situation where with this Fortune 500, my actual team is across the country. Mm-hmm. So with my role, my boss is actually in Pennsylvania. So, but I have other managers that I guess would be considered my clients mm-hmm. who I need to please. And of course, they think they are the priority. Of so it's kind of like keeping my like stakeholders in check, but mm-hmm. everyone thinks they're number one. Yes. So, and, yeah. And everything is happening at the same time. Like I can move fast, but this is really fast. Yeah. Well, it really then this is even more important for you to get right then because your sanity depends on your ability to manage them and manage mm-hmm. manage the outcomes and align them to the top priorities. If you don't do it, you'll fail. And it's going mm-hmm. to come across that you're not organized enough, you're not able to multitask enough. And eventually what will happen is they'll hire another person after you leave and realize over time they need two people to do the job. That's generally mm-hmm. how it plays out after a couple of years of time. But you can get out ahead of it, but you're going to have to do this. And And I really like the fact they're remote because it it gives you the opportunity to actually create a report that has the top priorities that you send to them each week before you give them a call and say, let's go over these this week. Let's go over these top priorities this week. It needs to look the same. It needs to be short. It needs to be concise. And then Mm -hmm. very much so that you're training them to see the same thing every time. Mm -hmm. And, And I think that will help you, even if you have multiple bosses, to be able Mm -hmm. to contain things in a box. And there may come a time when you say there's too much work for the hours that we're trying to cram in. We're going to have to do something different. Here's a few solutions. Mm -hmm. You may suggest that you hire another person part-time. You may suggest a temp so that you could do the administrative work can be done by the temp and you can do the harder things. But you're the one that's going to have to promote those ideas to them and not the other way around. If you're Mm -hmm. expecting them to come to you and say, hey, I've got an idea how your life's going to be easier. It's not going to happen because one of the rules of the workforce is a company is going to take as much as you're willing to give, which is yes. why you got to have the boundary up front. Yes, I'm definitely like the boundaries gone with my old job. Like it was, it was there, it was firm. I was there for 10 plus years. Like I was like the best. And now I'm a total newbie and other people on my team across the country, they've been in this role for like five to 22 years. Mm -hmm. And I asked one of them and I was like, how are you still in this job? And you've done this for seven years. I was like, and you had three kids during it. I'm like, I'm working 13 hour days. How, how are you doing this? And what did they say? And now I'm curious. What did they say? Uh, the real thing is she just revert, like reverted back to pre-COVID, how pre-COVID it was more like stable. It was more manageable. And mm-hmm. now that like COVID is, is, you know, moving on, we're all going back to in-person. So they are also, the senior people are also learning in-person work um, post-COVID. Yeah. And it's just hitting us really hard. And I'm not the only one, but 
I'm the newest one. Yeah. So like, I just want to make sure I'm not like complaining to my boss. And yeah. You've done a couple of things really well. You mentioned two things I love. One, you're asking others who've been there before because you're right. You got to read the politics of this new environment. And it could be that this environment will accept less than perfect work to get it over the finish line. Some companies like fast more than they like 100% accurate. Other companies say, no, no, no. I want it accurate. I really want it done well. So you're, you're trying to read your environment and that's important. Asking people who have been there before and say, what do you do? What do you find is most successful for you to manage the volume of work? And how do you interact or interface with your leaders when it gets too much? That's really smart. Keep doing that. Ask questions because they have the answers and you can incorporate what they say. The other thing is that this whole idea of um, everybody not knowing exactly what to do is really accurate because we've kind of gone this way and then we've swung the other way and now we're swinging back. And you have to be an active partner with your leaders to help them get it right. They do not have a magic ball that says, Caitlin's full today. They do Uh not. And so you have to be an active partner and actively talking to them about when you are full and give them some ideas on what they can do. And as you start to open up the dialogue with them on this without complaining, bringing solutions and, mm-hmm. you know, prioritizations, I think you'll find it gets easier. It's scary at first, mm-hmm. but it gets easier as you go. So be a partner with them in it instead right. of just letting it roll over you. Yeah, they they definitely encourage you to like ask questions, especially my peers are like, definitely come to us, but they're underwater too. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's just very interesting to to see it all that we're all just kind of struggling, but I just I want to make sure I'm not crossing any kind of line. Mm-hmm. And I just want like just working so long and so hard. Like I pulled a 13 hour a day yesterday. I do that on a regular basis. And I'm I'm just kind of like shot. And I just found out that. Another girl who got hired in a similar role, the same time as I did, she already left. She found a new job and she's gone. Oh, that's and what she happens. told me. She's like, yeah, she was like, I need a chance to breathe, mm-hmm. and that kind of stunned me because I was like, all right, even us new people are are leaving. Well, remember this: it's really important that you know when you don't speak up mm-hmm. and help your manager get this balance right for you, mm-hmm. then you'll go to another company and the same problem's going to come up again. You'll, you'll do okay for a little while and you'll bust your butt for a few couple of months. And then when you try and pull back, you'll go, I can't, I'm working like 12 hour days and I can't pull back. And then if you do pull back, you look like you've just, you know, you're not as good of a performer, right? You look like you've sl- yeah. you're a slacker. So it'll follow you. The problem I promise follows you from company to company until you learn okay. to speak up. So this is a great opportunity for you to learn to speak up because it sounds like you have an environment where they're saying, talk with us, let us, you know, figure this out together. So it's just a matter of you getting the right words, um, being really clear, not complaining, but offering up solutions. Let me give you one little tip that I have used. I don't know if it'll work in your company, but anything that took a lot of time, like a special report or research on anything, anything that was a real time suck for me, I would use Fiverr, and I'm not being paid by them to say this, but I would go to Fiverr. And they would knock out these reports overnight for me and it would cost like 20 bucks. And I could tell my boss, give me a slush fund of 500 bucks so that when there's overflow stuff, 
I can quickly get it done. And Mm -hmm. you would be surprised how many hours you can save, especially if you're doing something that you're not particularly great at. Like I wasn't good Mm -hmm. at building reports. I knew what I wanted to see, but I didn't know how to do it. Use, Mm -hmm. Use these third parties. And that may be a really cheap way for you to get some things over the finish line that are time sucks for you. Yeah, that's, that's really helpful. Yeah. And another question I have is basically due to the stress of this job. It's, it's like, it's a lot. Yeah. Um, I did find out that one of the senior managers that I work with really closely in my role, I work with the big bosses in the South region. Mm-hmm. And um, one of those bosses just had his, um, executive assistant leave. And I was very curious about that because I really like him. And I was wondering like why she left. And I talked to him about it and about the position. And he was like, if you're serious, like give me a range of like pay and then send me your resume. And I was like, okay, yeah, definitely. And then the next day I talked to the assistant who was leaving and I was like, what, like, why are you leaving? And she was like, during the reorg during COVID, like 95% of the EAs were cut and that the word layoff has been like circling around again. Mm-hmm. And so she left to a new role. So if, if I were to actually take her role, I could actually lose my job altogether and burn bridges with upper management. Okay. So I'm going to ask the obvious question. Did you point blank ask the manager, I am afraid this job will be laid off. That's the word on the street. What is your intent with this job? Is it intended to be a permanent job? Have you asked that question? No, I have not. Aha. Ask that question. Do not beat around the bush. That's a fair question to ask somebody. Very fair in today's environment. And if you were to go work with this person, is it in the same company or different company? Same company. Same company. Okay. Mm -hmm. Um, If you move from the job you're in to this other one, Mm -hmm. it is also fair for you to ask, would you be willing, given the environment and the risks associated, you know, with layoffs, to, Mm -hmm. in my offer letter, give me a one-month or two-month severance in the event of a layoff? Mm -hmm. Only, you know, in the event of a layoff, not not if I'm fired for performance, just an event of a layoff so I can Mm -hmm. land on my feet. Now, at your mm-hmm. level, you may or may not get it, but it's a fair question to ask. Mm-hmm. And I have employed that for many of my clients and for myself when there's an environment like this or a risky job move. But first, start mm-hmm. with the question. Ask, ask, this, mm-hmm. ask this boss, ask this manager what, the, what mm-hmm. his intent is and what the likelihood of layoffs are. I think that's where you start. Right. I know like with my current role, since it was vacant for so long, I'm totally secure mm-hmm. in my job. They wouldn't lay me off now, like mm-hmm. in this role, but also on paper, it looks like if I took this EA role that I would be going back tracking in my career, mm-hmm. it doesn't look like a forward move, but it possibly is more sanity and more manageable than what I'm doing now. Yeah. Well, it isn't all about money. So that would be the first thing. It's not all about money. People who make decisions just purely based on money are either really money-driven, which isn't necessarily bad. If they know they're money-driven, they've made the right decision for them. But far more people I'm finding are driven by wanting to have a life, some sanity in their life, some work-life balance. And mm-hmm. um, if you feel like this job is set up for you to have more of that, and that feels like a good solution to you, I wouldn't 
say that it's a bad thing. It's not a bad thing for you. You will start over. So know that when you start over to a new job, you're going to expend about 20% extra effort to prove yourself all over again for about six months. Mm-hmm. So you're going to pay the mm-hmm. piper on that. And it's kind of a delayed discomfort where right now you're just living full on in discomfort because you're in that period of adjusting. But you'll have to adjust again. But if you can accept that going in and you accept that you want a little more balance, it may not be a bad move for you. Right. I think with COVID, this like work-life balance has just become very like, like obvious to a lot of people. And just stepping into this role and that balance just completely gone it's kind of throwing me for a loop. And it has, and don't feel bad about it. I mean, we are all walking around with like a freaking watermelon on our backs. That's what it feels like. You know, we're carrying this heavy weight of the world and all the stuff that's going around, inflation, recession, you know, pandemic, uh, weather issues, money issues. There's a lot before you even get to how work feels. So you're carrying around this watermelon on your back along with everybody, which is part of why people are saying, Man, more than ever, I got to have a job that keeps me sane. And mm-hmm. it's not a bad thing. It's not a bad thing at all. It's a great thing to uh, want to go towards. Right. So another question is like with the great resignation is like, that's when that's how I was able to get this job because mm-hmm. so many people were like leaving. And obviously because of that, companies have reorged and consolidated and thus I'm in the position I have with doing three jobs in one. I guess, do you know where the people went to get the better like <laughs> jobs? <laughs> like they left and like, maybe everyone's an entrepreneur and just doing like startups. Just Well, you've got a couple things happening. Yeah. You've got the older people that retired early and they said, screw you, I'm out of here. This is ridiculous. So they're gone. Then you've got your Gen Z who by their very nature and some millennials, by the way, aren't afraid of gig work. They're not afraid of changing jobs or taking on lots of smaller jobs to make up the money that they need. Mm -hmm. And so you've got that population. So, and then you've just got a convergence of, you've got not enough people to do the work that needs to be done, Mm -hmm. you know? And so we're going to have a worker shortage and that is not going away anytime soon at all. Right. However, you know, the pendulum is swinging a little bit back towards the employer's favor again, because people are going to have to pay their bills and it's hard to pay their bills. So I, I tell people right now, make sure when you're making decisions, ask these questions. Is this job going to be laid off? What's the likelihood? Has it been discussed that this job might be part of a layoff? It becomes mm-hmm. really important to negotiate, pre-negotiate severance before you move jobs. It becomes important that you pick a job that you can stick with for a while because when HR does layoffs, they typically will take like, we're going to take all the EAs, you know, and we're going to, we're going to reduce most of them. And the way they make the decision is either performance ratings or the last one hired is the first one out. They have to have a criteria so they don't get sued for discrimination. And so if you've been job hopping, your job's at higher risk. So you have to factor that in. So try and find something you can kind of walk into for a while kind of ride this out for a bit at a level that where you still feel pretty satisfied, you know, with the work that you're doing from day to day. Maybe I can make it another six months. Well, I <laughs> really, I think my- you can. I, if you learn to talk about your workload and prioritize with your bosses, uh-huh. I have great faith you could do it. It's just going to be a little uh-huh. uncomfortable. It sounds like it doesn't sound right. like it's in your nature, especially coming from education where this is not, 
it's just different pace mm-hmm. altogether. It's mm-hmm. not in your nature to have these conversations, but if you can have them, I think you could have a really successful run where you're at based on what I'm hearing so far. Yes, you're definitely right. It's not in my nature. Mm-hmm. So I'm just kind of like, just whatever they hand me, I'm just trying to figure it out as fast as possible. So it's, it's, it's a lot. <laughs> well, I'm going to leave you with one uh, piece of advice on this whole idea of not being comfortable. Your career yes. will stall out if you don't get comfortable with conflict. This is where people's careers stop. I talk about the five stages of growth and stage three is where you have to learn this or it's a do or die. And so that's why I say you might as well practice it now. You're in a stage two of your career right now. But if you don't get comfortable with addressing what could be difficult issues, even in a power dynamic, your career will not progress forward. So just think, think about it. You're in a, you know, yeah. you can... You can reach out, you can, you can dip your toe in the water, and you're in a fairly low-risk situation to do that because they don't have people to fall back on. You've got leverage. So I'll leave you with that yeah. and um, just wish you the best of luck, and thank you for calling in today. It sounds like uh, you, are, you are the every woman. We hear, <laughs> I hear these questions and concerns a lot, so you're certainly not alone. Awesome. I appreciate you taking the time. Thank you so much, Caitlin. If you like my podcast, you will absolutely love my book. It's called The Unspoken Truths for Career Success, Navigating Pay, Promotions, and Power at Work. I wrote it because I could see that people didn't understand why some people got ahead and some people's career stayed stagnant. So if you're interested in building a more frictionless career path for yourself and having a better experience with work, this is a book that you need to have. It's called The Unspoken Truths for Career Success. You can buy it at Amazon, Barnes & Noble, or go to my website at thejobdoctor.com.